This is the Horse Radio Network. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here. And thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. And today's show is brought to you by Purina Mills. Greatness never ages, so help your senior horses live their best lives with Purina Equine Senior Horse Feed. It has Active Edge, a proprietary prebiotic proven through years of research to support a senior horse's aging immune system. To learn more, visit PurinaMills.com backslash equine senior today. And now, let's chat with Dr. Brian Waldridge about frostbite. And here I am with Dr. Brian Waldridge, known by a lot of the horse world as Dr. B's Bluegrass on Facebook, a veterinarian from central Kentucky who has this really cool Facebook page that he puts all kinds of interesting posts on uh, about his many adventures there in Kentucky as a horse vet. Welcome back to the show, Dr. B. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for asking me. Today, as we record this, the entire United States seems to be well and truly frozen. So I thought it might be timely to chat a little bit about frostbite because horses can get frostbite too. So maybe we should start with what is frostbite? So frostbite is really the, the effects on the body and usually it's the extremities. So the, the places we worry about are the ears and the feet and, and occasionally the tail, the extremities of the body where there's less blood flow. So those spots are more sensitive to cold damage. And when cold damage occurs, it can both actually freeze those cells, but also it damages the blood vessels. So there's less blood flow in those areas. And that's why sometimes when you have a sequela of, of frostbite, Frostbite is, excuse me, that you'll see skin sluffage and changing colors of the skin where it looks like a burn turns blue or turns black. So is is frostbite literally frozen? So if a horse or a human, for that matter, has frostbite on the tip of their ear, is the is that actually a frozen ear or is it a little more complex than that? It can be truly frozen. You know, it's a blood flow is compromised to the point that blood can no longer go to that area, then it will go ahead and freeze because the blood's going to be our way to, to warm that tissue. So in the worst case where we have the damage to the blood vessel and the tissue becomes devitalized or, or dies, then that can go ahead and freeze. So, you know, less degrees of frostbite, but the ones we want to have is maybe where there's just some cold damage and, we warm those tissues up. It may be red and painful for a few days, but goes away. And the bad end of the spectrum would be no blood flow and dead tissue that's eventually going to slough off. Ew, this would be yucky. Okay, that's step one. Now, step two, obviously, horses don't get frostbite all the time. Horses live in all parts of the country, all over the world, where it gets really, 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 really cold. So under what circumstances would a horse be at risk for frostbite? You know, to me, and, and this thing I always talk to clients because we've gotten a lot of calls on this because it's really cold in Kentucky right now is you know, we worry about 
what's the horse's overall body condition? Uh, you know, because really those pretty young, good body condition horses, you don't tend to see it as much in. So if they have good body condition, they're less likely to get frostbite, although that's not always true. And then do we have conditions that make the horse more likely to have cold stress? So really the the two big ones in that is wind, because we all know about, you know, when they're doing the weather report, telling you what the uh, wind chill is. I don't even listen to that anymore in Kentucky because it's always terrible. <laughs> but what's the wind chill going to be? And then things like getting wet, because, you know, you get wet, you get colder because you've got wet. So now you get more, more heat loss. So, you know, if horses have a wind block and a spot they can get out of the rain or the snow, then they're less likely to show those signs. And, you know, as a rule, but not always true, you know, if they're a kind of a younger, healthier horse and they've had time to adapt to that change in weather, you know, the horse has been in the cold area for quite a while and, you know, had time for the season to gradually change, then they, those tend to do all right. You know, if we took a horse from California and dropped them right in the middle of Kentucky right now, they're definitely going to show cold stress. So cold stress, and this is something that <clears throat> I used to struggle with a lot back in the day when I took care of lots of other people's horses. A horse is designed, and humans are too, actually, mammals are designed so that as Mother Nature's seasons change, they change relatively gradually, and their body adjusts to it so that in the middle of summer, when the average daytime temperature is 85 degrees, if you pick that horse up and magically drop him someplace else where the average daytime temperature is 40 that horse is going to experience cold stress because his body has not had the chance to adjust to it versus a, that same horse could live in a place where in the summertime it's 80 degrees on average in the winter, summer. And then in the winter, the average temperature is 12 degrees. And that horse will be just fine because he's experiencing the seasonal change and his body is hardwired to make those adjustments. Right, because they've had time to adapt to it. And a you know, hair coat is... That's part of it. <laughs> greatly, greatly more influenced by... Right, it's part of It's greatly influenced by duration of light in the day. So that's the biggest contributor to it. But also, if they're in cold, they're going to tend to grow a, a heavier hair coat. But So they may not have as good a coat neglecting the the effects that uh, Mm -hmm. decreasing sunlight would have, which should trigger a heavier hair coat. Right. And then you have the effect of, I I just watched this on Mythbusters the other day, when the body gets cold, whether it's a human or a horse, the body will reduce circulation to the extremities in order to preserve core body temperature so that they don't become hypothermic, thus contributing to poor circulation in the extremities, which keeps them even colder. Right, right. But your horse and, can't and that's put on one mittens. Of the <laughs> no, they can't. No, and uh, although if they had those in the horse catalogs, they would wear. They them. would but, sell. Uh, yeah, I would buy some. <laughs> Absolutely. So, say we're having a cold snap, or you have a horse in that you think might be at risk. Maybe he's older, um, not so prone to moving around and keeping himself warm. Doesn't particularly care for eating lots of hay and all those things. How might I suspect that, uh uh-oh, my horse might have frostbite? What would I look for? So coldness would be one of the things, you know, is that tissue. And I I always kind of go back to their foot 
to control to 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 be, to be when I'm trying to think. You know, is this horse is? We'll just use ear as an example. Or, or the other day, I checked a horse's sheath to see if it may be having some frostbite. So I'll I'll always go back to the feet because it seems like the the blood flow there kind of would tell you what the extremities are up to. So I'll go feel their foot, say, okay, what does that feel like? Then go up to their ear and say, does the ear feel a lot colder? Then that would worry me if it felt inordinately, I shouldn't use such high words with more than two syllables, um, colder from the ear to the foot. And I think, well, that's a little bit worrisome because he should be maintaining that blood flow better. And then is there pain when you feel that area is the horse painful because you know, with frostbite, they're generally going to show those two things where, you know, if it's just a cold day, it may feel cold, but the horse shouldn't show any pain. You may see swelling, too, because of that decreased blood flow and you know, the fluid can't get back into the circulation. So you go out. And color change. I and, should say color yeah, change, Yeah, which is harder to tell on your horses. So whenever you, yeah. you're you going out and it's a frigid, nasty weather, you're worried about your senior citizen, and you go out there. And you go, oh boy, his his ears are very very chilly, and he is unusually upset about me fussing with his ears. He usually doesn't mind. What's my next step? Well, then we get decide. You know, just can we bring the horse? If there's a worry of it, and the horse is showing discomfort, then how do we get them out of the cold? So do they have a a windbreak or are they wet where they need to come in out of the, out of the weather. And then, you know, if they're not wearing a blanket, then that would be a time to think about a blanket to try and just make that core body temperature be higher or maintain it better and potentially help the extremities stay ah, a bit warmer. Okay. So we're going back to that core body temperature by helping the core body temperature uh, comfortably and easily stay normal versus stressing and, and struggling to stay normal, we're allowing the body to naturally improve the blood flow back towards those extremities. Yes, and it depends a little bit on size, too. Like, you may worry about it more in a mini than you would uh, true. He's got, an adult yeah. normal-sized horse. Yeah, it's a because tiny thing. Because really, the, the smaller animals have a greater surface area compared to their body weight than a larger animal so because of that greater surface area they're more likely to lose heat yeah so we're gonna we're, we brought we've brought our horse over and we've got him in our we brought him into the barn and we're gonna walk him around a little bit help him warm put a nice big puffy warm blanket on him is we're gonna use ears as an example because it's easy uh, would it be a good idea to rub his ears put mittens on his ears pour some hot water on his ears what should we do so I think rubbing them, putting something on there, you know, water, because that's going to promote heat loss. I probably wouldn't do that. And if one of the responses to heat can also be blood vessel constriction. Oh, so I, I would, as, you know, as much as possible, let them passively warm themselves by rubbing them or, or covering them up. There we go. So at what point is it better call the vet? You know, for sure, a color change. You know, if you saw that that, tissue is, is purpley to, you know, and everybody's seen those pictures where the people get, get terrible frostbite starts to turn black. Yeah, they're icky. icky. That's, that's, they are terrible. That that shows there's been significant tissue damage. And so, you know, if they don't respond within an hour or two, then it, it's probably time to have it looked at. But color change would be bad. Continued pain would be bad. And then the rest of the horse feels pretty warm and that 
tip of that ear still feels really cold, then uh, that would signal there may be something going on blood flow wise. There we go. Very interesting. So uh, bring them in, help them get that core body temperature comfortably and consistently back to normal, and uh, do make sure he's got some forage and plenty of hydration. Can dehydration play a role in susceptibility? Well, it sure can. You know, it, it would uh, animal would have to be fairly well dehydrated, but still, if they have lower vo- lower blood volume, is going to be lower perfusion to the rest of the body. So, if we if we're normally hydrated, then hopefully our blood volume is going to be as it should be, which would help keep the tissues perfused and warm. There we go. Well, fascinating stuff, and, you know, and as I said, timely considering that as we record, the entire country seems to be dipping below below norms. So uh, thank you again, Dr. B, for stopping by and telling us all about really great horse health topics. Where can folks follow your many, many Central Kentucky adventures online? So I'm on the Facebook, uh, Dr. B's Bluegrass, and uh, have pictures of the things I run into every day and uh, some of the horses I'm lucky enough to see uh, fairly often that uh, everybody can come and uh, Enjoy Kentucky from afar. There we go. Well, thank you very much for coming on, and we will see you again soon. Well, there you have it. You can find links to today's guest as well as lots more tips by going to horsetipdaily.com. This podcast was made possible through the generous support of Purina Mills and Equine Senior Horse Feeds. This is Coach Jen, and I will be back again soon with another tip. So until then, go ride your horse. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements made by guests on the Horse Tip Daily. Please use your own judgment when listening to the tips on this show. <laughs>